go ahead and pray in the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Thank you because we are charting a new course. We are taking new territories. We are claiming new spaces by virtue of the series of this month. As our prayers goes forth, things are beginning to line up for us. They are beginning to fall in place for us. Things are working together for our good. We give you praise this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Please take your seat this morning. Glory to God. I can't hear you. Glory to God. Okay, if you're wondering why I'm dressed like this, my club just won everything there is to win. So I'm celebrating. Praise God. And um, don't think it's Kana. It's not Kana. Victory is our covenant in this house. Praise God. Yeah. But anyway, we'll continue the series titled Keys to Effective Prayer. Come and say with me, Keys to Effective Prayer. Now, why is it important to learn Keys to Effective Prayer? Very simple, because it's not all prayers that is effective. It's not all prayer that is what? Effective. So we need to learn the keys to effective prayer. If we want to have effective prayer, then we need to learn the keys. Praise God. I can't hear you. Praise the Lord. Prayer is one of the most powerful things God has given us. Prayer is simply access to a fellowship with God. It's one of the biggest things we have as believers on the earth. And um, it is sad if we are not maximizing it. It is sad if we are not taking advantage of it. Prayer is one of the best things God has given us. We need to take advantage of it. And last week we began to establish that one of the um, challenges with prayer is that we have certain weakness. We have a weakness with prayer. DJ, give me Romans 8, 26. Let's, go, let's start from there. We have a weakness with prayer. We established this last week. It said, likewise, the Spirit of God also helpeth our what? I can't hear you. Helpeth our what? Those of you that were here last week, infirmities means what? I can't hear you. Infirmities mean what? Ah, only three people were here last week. Infirmities mean what? It means weakness or weaknesses. So, they are talking about prayer and they said the Holy Spirit helps our weakness in prayer. So what is our weakness in prayer? 
where, where are we weak in terms of prayer? The same verse answers it. Always allow scripture answer scripture, okay? Look at it. It says, for the weakness, did not mention what it was. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. They said that's your first weakness is that you don't even know what you should pray for as you ought to pray for it. What do they mean by that? They mean a lot of times you might not know exactly what the real problem causing the situation is. For instance, if you feel that getting married is being delayed for you, let's say you're a young lady trusting God to get married and you feel it's being delayed, how do you pray the prayer? If you're a Nigerian, I can tell you how you pray it. Should I tell you? Should I tell you? You pray it by fire and by force. You just pray it. You just say, oh God, bring a husband. That's all you say. You just command God. Bring a husband. Sometimes, God might have brought many husbands your way already. But because you have a fixed image in your head, the man must have a car. I must work in a bank or oil company or whatever. You know, you have an image in your head. So God has been bringing your husband since. Sometimes it might be your attitude. You just have a bad attitude. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is that you don't know how you should pray for as you ought. Sometimes it might be your positioning. Wrong place at the wrong time. So they said our first weakness is that we don't know how to pray as we ought to. It's your first weakness. I, I said it last week. If you're praying for your children, you don't even know how to pray. You don't know how to pray. You're praying for first class. And your child is not even going to class. I have heard many stories of people that send their children abroad one year, and they're sending money for school fees accommodation. The person is not going to school, not going to class. And the parents flew down for uh, graduation. <laughs> Only to find out the guy was not even going to school. So many times, you can be praying fervently because Africans believe prayer is about how fervent it is. No, no. You must first know, make sure you're praying right first. Fervency in the wrong prayer point doesn't count. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we must first agree the first weakness we have in prayer is that we don't know how we should pray for the way we ought. How many people can drive here? You can drive. Can I see your hand? You know how to drive. It can't be only 10 people that know how to drive in this whole church. Okay. Thank you. If a car is broken down in Apple Junction, it's parked by the side, broken down. Fred, you raised your hand that you can drive, Abby. If a car is broken down in Apple Junction, what's the cost? What, what made it break down? <laughs> the man in native, what made the car break down? You raise your hand that you can drive. Is you, you're looking back. Is you I'm talking to? Yes. Do you know what made it break down? And you people say you can drive. You didn't raise your hand that you can drive. What made the car break down? Your protocol. If you don't know, you're in trouble. Eh? It could be anything, Abby. That's exactly. Exactly. So imagine if I call you and say my car is broken down. I say, ah, my friend yesterday 
His car broke down. And now four finish. Buy four in your car. This is how Christians pray. They just shoot randomly. If a car is broken down, it could be what? Anything. It could be anything. So the first problem of prayer is that you don't even know how you should pray as you ought. Don't just start using prayer like you know what you're praying. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what the challenge is. The first thing you need to acknowledge, like the Bible says, it said we have a weakness. When it comes to prayer, we don't know how we should pray as we ought. And the first recommendation is that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. That's the first recommendation. It's called praying in tongues. He said, uh, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be articulated. What they mean is that the Holy Spirit begins to pray for us and with us, begins to guide us in terms of the prayer points, but he does it with a language that cannot be articulated in our own language. Now, let me explain. Another problem Christians have is that we think God speaks English. Many Christians think when they hear the voice of God, think of God, they think God is saying, Thou mightest goest. This is what they are thinking God is doing. That thing you are reading is King James English. It's olden days English. It was not God's language. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? God does not speak English. Now, if you are a Japanese person, you will always hear God in Japanese. But that's not God's language. You hear God in Japanese because you say Japanese, you understand. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? But that's not how God speaks. God does not speak Japanese. You understand in Japanese. So, even the Bible itself was not written in English. I hope you do know this, at least, basic, basic knowledge. It was translated into English for English-speaking people. The same way that same Bible is translated to Yoruba, translated to Spanish. People that can't speak a word of English, they hear God in Spanish. They don't hear God down, make just go west. Comest, <laughs> hearest. No, they hear God in Spanish. And the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew. God does not speak Greek and Hebrew. It's just that the people he was speaking to at that time spoke Greek and what? Hebrew. So they translated what they heard in Hebrew. God speaks spirit. That's his language. Are you here, somebody? Because God is a spirit. So he speaks spirits. So when he's praying through you, when the Holy Spirit is praying through you, this is why what he's saying sounds like gibberish to the normal person beside you. He sounds like saying, ba, 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 ba. What are you saying? Of course, if, if I'm speaking Japanese, it's also sounds like ba, ba, ba to you. It's gibberish. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. If a Chinese guy comes and says, do you understand what he said? It's gibberish to you, am I correct? He's speaking in tongues as far as you're concerned. It makes sense to him. Makes no sense to you. So God speaks spirit. So what they're saying here is that because you don't know how to pray, you ought to, the Holy Spirit comes to pray with you or through you in his own language, which is what we call praying in, in tongues. So he says groanings which cannot be articulated. 
Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now, the beauty of it, look at the next verse. It says, And he that searcheth the hearts, knoweth what the mind of the Spirit. What is, what is the mind of the Spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? Please follow, follow, read it. Let's read it again. He said, He that searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is what? He says, He knows the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? Please underline in your mind, will of God. Hallelujah. Underline in your mind what? I can't hear you. Underline in your mind what? Will of God. Prayer only works when you pray in line with the will of God. And they are saying that the Holy Spirit, because he knows the mind of God, is coming to pray for you according to the will of God. They said, no man can know the thing of another man except the spirit of that man inside him. I need you to understand why praying the spirit is important. He said, no man can know the thing of another man. Okay, look at it here. But God had revealed them to us by his spirit. He said, for the spirit such at what? I can't hear you. I need your ginger. The spirit such at what? The spirit such at all things. He says, yea, what? The deep things of God. The reason why a lot of our prayer don't get results is that it's not in line with the mind of God, nor the deep things of God. When you are praying most times, it is based on your selfish need. But when you pray with the help of the Spirit, he's praying with the deep things of God. What does this mean? When Abraham was praying for a child, he just wanted somebody that would be a heir. Somebody that will inherit all his property. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? But God had a deeper purpose in that prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of times when you are praying, you are thinking short term. Abraham just wanted a son. Oh God, give me a son. That's all I want. God is saying, I want to give you a position of fatherhood over the body of Christ. Over the kingdom of Israel. There was a deeper issue. So, when you are praying, I want to marry, I want to marry. A lot of times it's purely selfish and surface. Why do you want to marry? Say, Lord, you know your daughter is rainy season. You know I have sexual urges. You know, you know, you know I'm a baby gay. You know. That's why you want to marry. Guy, why do you want to have money? Say, you know, you know that Corolla. I saw that Corolla. That Toyota Corolla. That's all you are praying for. But God is seeing a bigger, there's a deeper. And if you pray and understand it, you can never touch that deeper. Can't touch that deeper. He said the Holy Spirit see the deeper things involved. Now, see what it says. He said, For what man knoweth the things of another man save the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth what? No man. Except the spirit of God in him. What are they saying? They are saying, two of you stand up, please. They are saying, no man knows this thing. So, as this guy is here now, he doesn't know what's in this guy's mind. Do you know what this guy's prayer point is now? You don't know. But they said, his own spirit knows what his issues are. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what they are saying here. They are saying, no man 
knows the things of another man, save the spirit of that person. So they're saying the same way, nobody knows the things that are in God's mind except what? The spirit of God. So when you're praying in tongues and the Holy Ghost is praying through you, you are praying, I want to marry because I'm cold. But the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God that there's a bigger reason why God wants you to marry. And it's able to shift from your praying for your will to praying according to God's will. And when do we get answer? When do we get answer? When we pray according to what? God's will. Thank you. The reason why many of our prayers are not coming to pass, you are praying according to your will. Your, see, your will is useless to God. Oh. Is somebody get what I'm saying? Africa. 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 How many times did I call you? Your will is useless to God. If you want to get quick answers in prayer, you need to start praying according to God's will. That's the guarantee of prayer. First John. He said, if we pray according to his will. You know in Romans, I showed you about the will. Okay, DJ, let's, let's mix. Go to Romans 8.27 again. Let's just show that will again. Then we'll come to First John. Quickly. He said, and he that said, is that doing the mind of his spirit? Because he making intercession for the saints according to what? It's highlighted. Thank you. According to what? You are not answering. I need your ginger. According to what? Now go to First John 5. This is the what? I can't hear you. Where is our confidence? He said, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, how? According to you. You need to understand. Prayer is not you conjuring up anything you like. Prayer is you lining up with God's will. The reason why we're not getting answer in prayer is that we're just praying anything we like. Oh God, I'm lonely. Oh God, I'm getting old. Oh God, oh God, oh God. The confidence in prayer is when we pray according to what? His will. You must pray according to His will. It doesn't matter what you need. God is not your errand boy. The approach many Africans have in prayer is to command God. They talk to God rude, rudely and anyhow they like. Say, Come, I'm calling you. You can see needs here. Can't you see needs here? Come and clear this table and serve me in you in Kwabi. This is the approach many Christians have. God is not your mate. You are not commanding him. You are not shouting at him. He is a king. He is Lord. Do you know what Lord means? He is the Lord thy God. You don't come to him and shout. You don't come to him and command him. That to do whatever you like. No, 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 no. You don't go before a king. And you, are, you say, just everybody is in Kabbalah, see for the king. You, you, <laughs> when you wake up, you understand? Because the beating, the slap, slaps will come, you even know where it's coming. So when you wake up from your fainting, you will have sense. You don't come and shout at God and give him command and place and you god is not your waiter in a restaurant where you say um give me two scotch egg this chicken how is it put sauce this is the idea many people have of prayer that they are just commanding god anything they like Woo! Woo! even your governor you won't talk governor is going for safe even your local government chairman you won't talk to him like that 
that will be the last time he will grant your audience. If you come and say, hey, boy, um, there's a drainage from my house. Be there tomorrow. Come and clear it. That's the last time you will have access. Am I correct? But yet, we approach God every day and we'll be reeling out all the things we need. God, by August 31st, if I don't have husband, you will know. (laughs) You will hear from me. He's your Lord. He's your God. Do you understand? He's the creator of the universe that doesn't live in the universe. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's the creator of oxygen that doesn't need oxygen. He's the creator of time that is not in time. Are you getting what I'm saying? He created this whole universe. Then you are commanding him. You are advising him. You can't. I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. Prayer is us lining up with God's will. His will. You must line up with his will if you are going to get any answer. Not just shout at him. Tell him anything you like. No, 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 no. It's Africans that practice that. It's not Christianity. It's not your boy that you just command. Tell all your problems. He's here for you. Woo! His house boy you are looking for. Not God. He's the Lord your God. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? Let's go back to First John. He said, if we ask anything, this is the confidence. The confidence we bring to prayer is that we ask anything according to his will, he what? Hears us. Next verse says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, he said, we do what? We know we have received the petitions that we what? Desire. So, since his will is important in prayer, how do we know his will? How do we know his will? How do we know his will? All we are doing in prayer is agreeing with his will. Is asking things in line with his will. When you ask things in line with anybody's will, you usually don't beg them. Oh no. Is somebody get what I'm saying? The reason you are begging is I don't know the will of your father. If you ask anything in line with the will of your father, you usually don't beg them. Are you here, somebody? We did an experiment in the first service. I was asking Neka that she takes her children to school. They, use, they, they, they are in our church school here. And the school is on her way to work. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? So, her children's request every morning is in line with what? Her will. She's also going to work. They are both passing here. Apart from that, her will is for her children to be educated. Is somebody got what I'm saying? So I asked her, have your children ever needed to beg you to take them to school? It's in line with her will. They don't need to beg. They want to go to school. She even wanted them to go to school 
before they were even born. And to top it all, where she's passing to work is the same road. So she's not even inconveniencing herself to take them to school. In fact, if there will be any shouting in that house, it will be her shouting at them to get ready for school. So in prayer and in in the Christian work, you are the one delaying God, not God delaying you. He's the one saying you are running late. All the deep things I have for you, you are running late. It's not you harassing God. But you see, in Africa, we don't care about his will. We're just commanding him to go and bring any order. We are placing order. Bring Kwabi. Bring malt. <laughs> no, don't bring malt text. Bring maltina. That's the nonsense we are doing with call prayer. So we need to shout. We need to battle. Because it's not, we're not praying in line with his will. When he's in line with his will, he's the one even more eager than you. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? If you ask anything, According to his will, he what? Hears you. Always pray according to his will. How do I know his will? From his word. From his word. What is his word? The moment you read the Bible and you know what God's will is, you agree with it. You line up with it. There's a guy that was sick. He had leprosy. Matthew chapter 8. He met Jesus and worshiped Jesus. And say, Lord, if it be thy will, heal me. And Jesus says, I will. It's my will. So, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. If thou what? Will. And Jesus said, what? In the verse 3, he says, And Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, what? I will. I will. That's prayer. It's in line with my will. I will. So when you read the Bible, you don't have to pray like this guy to always say, oh, if it's your will for me to prosper. No, 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 no. You can go to the Bible. Third John verse 2. It says, I will or I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. So you never come and ask God if he be thy will. His will is made known in his word. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? When you know that, you will never tell God, prosper me again. You are the one running late. I say, you are the one running late. It's not him. You go out and make moves. You go out and take steps. I get what I'm saying? Because he has already moved. He has already declared his will. Oh, I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Sickness is not your portion at all. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Next Sunday, we're going to pray for anybody that has sickness in their body, please. And there's a reason I'm doing it next Sunday, not this Sunday. Because I want you to go and check for the will of God concerning your healing. You need to get the scriptures, read them, meditate on them. That's one of the ways to get answers or be effective in prayer. Let the word of God marinate. How many of you know what marinate is? Most ladies will know what marinate is. Men, don't worry. God will guide you. 
When you marinate something, you allow the sauce to enter it well. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Marinate is like when you want to cook chicken or something and you, you leave the sauce, you leave the thing there a bit so that the sauce, because sometimes if you cook something too fast, it doesn't enter inside. It just stays on the skin. So by the time you're eating, you find that the inside of chicken is just white and tasteless. When you let it marinate, the juice enters inside. Well, by the time you cut any part of that chicken or meat or whatever it is, the sauce has entered. Guys, do you understand now? So that's the same approach to prayer. If you just touch the will of God on the surface and just start praying and it hasn't entered you, a lot of times your mind will still play tricks on you. So one of the principles Jesus taught is that allow the word abide in you. John 15 verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Look at it here. John 15 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. He said, you shall ask what? What you will. Now, let's stop here. He didn't say, you should, when he says you should ask what you will. It's, again, it's not that you can ask anything you like. What they're saying is that if, the, if you abide in him and his words abide in you, guess what? Your will would have lined up and been shaped by what? His will. So you're still not asking anything you like. Oh, I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. I explained this last week. A lot of people praying for husband. You, you, you are still praying your will. Oh God, Shell Walker. Oh God, oil company. Oh God, let him work in oil company. That's your will. That's why it's going to take long to happen or never happen. Your prayer should be, Lord, give me the son that you have designated me to help. Because you as a woman, you're a helper. When you start praying in line with God's will, you, you will see answers like this. It never takes long because it's in line with his will. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's in line with what? His will. Whenever the will of two people align, there is hardly a long discussion. There's hardly what? Every long discussion you have seen is that the will don't align. No long discussion. Ah, it's raining. You are going to my two. Somebody's passing. He says he's going to my two. What discussion people have? What, is there another discussion there? He will carry you. It's not inconveniencing him because he's going there. There's only a long discussion. When he's going to my two, you want to go to Agor or Isolo or somewhere else. Ah, then you have to start planning. Ah, I'm looking. Uh, there might be traffic. Oh, hey, hey, Baba. Hey, hey, do it. <laughs> but if he's going this way, you are going this way. It's only thanksgiving that flows. It's thanksgiving. Because we are going the same way. Don't pray because it's rainy season. That's why you want to marry. That doesn't concern God. That's your personal problem. Buy blanket. I say, man, you're going to pray. Oh God, give me a woman you want me to build with you. A woman that you are building and you need somebody to build her with you. Because a man, you're a cultivator. When you start praying like that, praying like that will also change your thinking. So as a woman, you're no longer looking at the man's shoe. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're no longer looking at his shoe or his car to choose who to marry. You're looking at the destiny. 
You're not looking at what he's wearing. You're looking at where he's going. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. Glory to God. If we ask anything according to his will. So, John 15, you let the word sit down. So, you, you, you start to eat the word. Eat it. Let it, let it enter you. See, if the word abide in you. So, you, you actually eat it. You, you meditate on it. You are reading what it says. You are imbibing it. You are believing it. You are applying it. It changes. See, the only way you know the word has started working is that it has to change something about you. If after this month series you are still praying exactly how you used to pray, I'm not sure it has worked. When the, how you know the word has, has, done, has entered is when it starts changing how you think, how you talk, how you behave. Then the word has entered. Are you here, somebody? Read his word. Let it stay inside you a bit. You, should, you see, the problem with Africa is that most times we pray under emergency. And when you are in emergency, you can pray any prayer. You can even go to a native doctor. Because it's emergency. If they've diagnosed you that you're going to die in two weeks. If somebody tells you that, go outside, turn around three times. By on 12 midnight. And look straight up without looking down. And say, say three things. And look down. And turn again. You are so desperate at that time. Anything they tell you to do. You want to do. So most Africans operate in emergency permanently. So they do all kinds of things. See, don't wait for any emergency. Eat the word of God now. Eat it. Eat it. Let, don't, don't let any problem ever take you by surprise. Let it be that you are the one that took the problem by surprise. Somebody didn't hear what I said. <laughs> it's possible to take the problem by surprise. That means as you're going your way, because you have ate, you have, you have allowed the word marinate. When the problem pops up, it will be shocked. It will be shocked that you have scripture already inside you. Said in the first service, I had looked for wife for a long time. Finally, I met a girl I liked. Smart girl, spiritual, beautiful, loved the Lord, intelligent, exactly how I like so, I was now making my intentions known. And the first thing she told me, we were not even dating or anything yet, but I was already trafficking. See, women don't marry any man that doesn't trafficate. Anybody that turns without trafficking is a dangerous driver. He's going to kill you. A good driver, before you trafficate, you start, before you turn, you start trafficking. So, at the turn left, oh, at the turn left, oh, at the turn left. Then the woman will tell you, turn. If she doesn't want, she say, no road here. It's one way. Keep straight. And there will be no jilting or heartbreak. All of you just continue driving. Like, no, I don't want to turn for that mistake. I take press. I forget on that straight. So when I was trafficking, she said, this one you're showing interest and all that. You want to marry and all that. She said, they've told me I won't have children. Doctors have told me I won't have children. That's a good point for many people to run. For many young men, that's what happens. The moment they say any liability, they run. They are lazy spiritually. I didn't even miss a bit when she said this. I didn't even, I didn't say, mm, let me think. No. I said, who is doctor? I said, what they say do not count. Because the Bible said, none shall be barren in the land. 
Now, when I ate that scripture, it wasn't that day. The challenge with many Christians is that the day you want to pray is the day you are, the day you are checking what the Bible says. Ah. Faith is like a seed. In fact, they say it's like a mustard seed. Anything you know about seed is that the day you plant is not the day you eat. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. If you plant mango today, is it today you're going to eat from it? That's what many Christians want to do. Is today you want to find the scripture? They say you shouldn't be barren. And you say you find it, and you start shouting, I'm not barren. I never, my sister, relax. I ate it long before. I didn't even know I would ever encounter a woman that has that issue. I was eating it because it's the word of God. I ate it. So the problem thought it surprised us. We, I surprised it. I said, no, shall be barren in the land. And we named our children before we even married. Are you here, somebody? It's the word. Any area you're going through a crisis, before you pray, don't pray. Prayer is not the first thing you do. Don't pray first. Eat the word first. Be so convinced about the word that by the time you are praying, eh? By the time you are praying, you are not crying, you are not shouting, you are not begging. You are praying from a point of confidence and you don't have to repeat the prayer every week. If you are repeating it every week, it shows you don't still get it. Imagine if Neka's son every week has to remind the mother, there's school this week. Is that not the biggest joke? One of them is mad in that house if they are doing that. She doesn't have to, he doesn't remind you. He knows your will. It is also in line with his will. Every week, we, all we do is get ready. That's all we do. We get ready. We don't remind us, Mommy, it's Monday. I know you forgot. You know you are forgetful. So I'm reminding you. Or if you didn't forget, I know you're a wicked mom. You don't want me to go to school. Doesn't happen anywhere. It's his will, it's your will. We're ready. Are you here, somebody? Eat it before the day. A single girl, what scripture do you have for marriage? Except the weather. <laughs> and except that you have picked your wedding dress. Because some girls are not married. They've designed their wedding dress. Some men don't know. Some men marrying you don't like you, don't need you, don't care about you. They are marrying you because this wedding dress, they must wear it. And you're the only willing participants they could catch. <laughs> some, some men don't know. Some men don't know. You think she loves me. No, she's not interested in you at all. She wants a wedding and she wants children. There are many marriages. I'm a counselor now, so you know I'm telling you facts. There are many marriages that you can see that the woman, he doesn't even see the man. He has no interest in him. No interest whatsoever. Fulfill my dream of a glamorous wedding. And it must enter Bella Ninja. After that, give me three bouncing baby children. That's all. This woman will never have sex with this man outside of having children. Never cook, never clean, never care. Some men don't know. That's why you must have sense so that you enter those kind of one chance. Are you here, somebody? Some men too are praying for wife for the wrong reason. They don't even know why they want to marry. Sexual urge. Lord, you know I'm getting old. Thank you. Metusela. 
That's not a reason for marriage. We don't care how old you're getting. I'm telling you, my, one of my first books on relationship was titled Wrong Reasons People Enter a Relationship. 25 Wrong Reasons People Enter a Relationship. Because some marriage problems we are trying to solve are from marriages that should not have even happened at all. Many divorces, if they're married right, somebody will live with that man and that woman happily. She cannot cook. There are many men that will be very okay. It's you that went to block road for them. He does not carry children. There are many women that will be very happy. They don't even want him near the children. Because they don't have the one to carry their children. You are the one that went to block road. I get what I'm saying. A lot of divorces can be avoided because there's somebody that will fit that person better than you. But your head and your desperation didn't allow you. You must marry this 2023. Renewed hope. <laughs> you must marry. <laughs> Are you here, somebody? Go and get the word now for any area of your life. If you are 40 and above or even 38 and above, by now you should have a retinue of scriptures on healing. You should have them already. Again, emergencies don't work with God. You are now 58. They say there's two more. There's cancer. There's something. Oh God. Oh God. No. You have no faith. Nothing has been built ahead of time. Is somebody get what I'm saying? If heavy rain is falling and you want to build roof, uh, this, this year's rain will beat you. The roof you are building is for the other one. This one, it will beat you. I get what I'm saying. Somebody wrote one quote that would have been very smart if it was true. He said, Why are you bothering God? to heal you of headache when you can buy Panadol. Use your faith for cancer or things that God cannot heal. It would have been smart if it, if it was true. It is the faith you learn to use for headache that you will use when the doctor said there's no tablet. The challenge with many people is that they are using Panadol now for curable diseases. When they now declare in everyone, somebody that has can, can have faith from Panadol wants to tell me he has faith to heal for cancer. Somebody that can't run around this hall say he wants to represent Nigeria in marathon. <laughs> Should I tell you his result? That's what we do with God. Because we always see, because God is a supernatural God, we confuse miracles and magic all the time. It's an African problem. Confuse miracles and magic. I've shared with you many times that as a young pastor, when MTM Marathon first started in Nigeria, I never forget that story, that example. When MTM Marathon, some of you are too young to know MTM Marathon. But when MTM first came to Nigeria, they were doing marathon almost every other month or every three or four, or every year, twice a year. And they would give me now one million naira or something. It was a lot of money that time. Not like today, one million is useless. That time, one million was a lot of money. So every time they announce MTM Marathon coming up in two months, my church members... We come as a pastor. I'm contesting the MTM marathon. Pray for me. And if I win, I'll bring my tithe. 
and I'm a good pastor. My job is not to tell you that it won't work. So I will pray for them, even though I know. Yes. I can't discourage you. Go and be discouraged at home when you see your results. I'll pray for them, but I know they can't win. Because we are confusing miracles and magic. The reason why that person thinks I should pray for him and without adequate preparation he will win is that he's thinking because God is supernatural, he does magic. God does not do magic. He does miracles. There's a difference. Miracles require a process. Magic is something from nothing. It's abracadabra. The more you look, less you see. It's something. So that's magic. Even though both of them look supernatural, they are not the same at all. Magic is fake. Because in real life, you can't get something out of nothing. So even when Jesus wanted to turn water to wine, he told them, go and bring water. Why didn't he just carry empty pot? Why didn't he carry empty pot? I saw all of you. Oh, yeah, I'll be drinking. He said, I need something. I need something. Bring water. We can quicken the process. But there should be a seed. Bring water. Fill them with water. When they wanted to multiply bread, why didn't they say, everybody, sit down, close your eyes, open your mouth. Ah. And start imagining bread. Imagination. Vivid. Imagination. Imagine sandwich and sardine. Is that what he did? He said, what do you have? Bring the one you have. We're going to bless it. And it will start to grow. There must be a seed. God can make the seed you plant grow fast. But you can't say you won't plant any seed and it will grow. So Christians always come. This is why we pray the way we pray in Africa. We pray magic. For miracles, you want financial breakthrough? As you're praying, oh God, oh God, he will tell you, okay, go and get this certification. That's how the miracle starts. Go and be certified. Go and get the mentor. When you start working where they're not paying you where because you need the experience. Because where I'm taking you, they only need five years' experience. And nobody will employ you in a good place now with zero experience. So start this place. They won't pay you well, low. But after five years, you will have the five years' experience for the major job I'm preparing you for. But you see, we don't want that process. Five years take too long. Lord, do it now. Because say you will suffer now. You will suffer now. Lord, I want a rich husband. He said, yes. All the ones already rich now are married. I have some that are eaglets. They will be eagles in a few years. So this is why there's a high number of single girls dating married men. They are impatient. What they want is in single men, but it takes a while. So they want the one somebody has built. So a lot of single girls like married men. They want the eagles. The eagles were once eaglets. So you see the problem? We are confusing miracles and magic. They look alike, but they're not the same. They're not the same. Are you here, somebody? They are not what to say. Check all the things Jesus did. You will see a process to it. When he raised Lazarus from dead, he said, open the grave, open the door. I can call him from there, or he can't push this door. Open the grave. Are you here, somebody? There's always a seed. There's always a point where you take a step of faith. Hallelujah. So don't pray emergency prayers. That's what we are praying in Africa. Emergency. And just because once in a while we see some people get away with it, we think that's the process. We think that's the process. 
So everybody starts doing that same thing. And very few people get results. Very few. Because we think that's the process. I knew somebody that didn't have any degree, didn't have any certificate, didn't prepare for an exam. He went and he passed. So every exam you're going for now, you don't prepare. Hey, <laughs> you go fail. It's the word. Find God's will ahead of time. Like I said, if you're 38 and above, get scriptures on healing now. All the scriptures. That his eyes was not dim. His physical strength was not abated. Get all the scriptures and start confessing them. Because as you age, the natural order is for your system to be shutting down. It's natural. What you can do with the supernatural is to sustain it longer. But not remove it. There's no day an 80-year-old will represent Nigeria in football. The only place 80-year-old represent us is in presidency. Uh-huh. Outside of that, you can never hear, oh, the Super Eagles are playing the World Cup with Brazil final. I say our team is a... Who are the very old players? But you are the but you. Rashidi Yekini. This is I even see young self. Or Degbami. So if you don't know these names. They not bringing old men that are 80, 90. They don't represent. There is no day that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because the natural order is that your body will, will start shutting down. But you can use the word of God if you start on time to start sustaining it. You won't wait till the day you, you, you go for one medical checkup. They'll tell you, oh, this thing has gone this far. You now say, let's pray. Let's pray. And you enter emergency prayer. That's what a lot of people do. And many of them never get results. Start preparing now. Most of you know the story. After I married my wife, she had, they had told her she won't have children. I had told her the faith part of me that she will have children. We now got married. She was now going about doctor to doctor, one checkup after the other. And I told her, I said, I will support you because when it comes to things like faith, you can't force somebody to grow. So I'll support you, whatever you want to do. You know, I'll pay for the test you want to do. You want to do something, that's fine. I said, but I won't go for any test. Now, I'm not saying you should copy this. You can't copy this if you don't have the faith I have. Because that's the problem. Someone else copy what I'm doing. You're not eating what I've eaten. You can't copy it. Uh, I said, I'm not going to go for the test, but I'll support you. And I told her, when you are in faith, I will know that you're not in faith yet. Ah, she was so upset that time. How do you say I'm not in faith? Am I not praying? Am I not praying? No, no, no. Everybody prays. That doesn't mean you are in faith. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will. I said, when you are in faith, I will know. She was angry. First year, second year, third year, fourth year. She was going from doctor to doctor. Nothing was changing. And I was calm. I was not panicking. I said, when you are in faith, 
I will know. And I was not opposed to medicine. I said, if, if medicine can do it for you, it's fine. After about three or four years, God now had to deal with her. If those of you that have heard her story, God actually told her that I need you to sit down and study the scriptures. God told her specifically. And she began to write out all the scriptures on children. She didn't know. I didn't even know there were that much scriptures on, on children in the Bible. For twins, for triplets, for every, I didn't know there were, I mean, my wife was digging out scripture I've never seen before. All on children and childbirth. And by the time she dug out those scriptures, began to say them, began to pray over them. And by praying over them, I don't mean you are begging God. When you are praying with scriptures, you are just agreeing with God. So for instance, as I am a pastor, I don't pray again that Lord, um, as we are in church, let your presence be with us. No. Because he said, wherever two or more are gathered, he's there. Do you understand? So you can't pray that again now. What you pray is that, Lord, I thank you because your presence is here. That's how to pray according to his will. You line up. He has already said he's here. You are not saying, oh God, come. He said, I'm here. Come. Um, this boy. If you shout at me again, I would give you a dirty slap. I said, I'm here. You say, come. You see, this is how we pray. We don't know God's will. We just shout. Our confidence is in shouting, but the confidence in scripture is when we pray according to his will. Not in shouting. So I don't pray again that Lord, as we go to church, let your prayers be here. No, 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 no. I've seen in his will where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. So when I come, I say, Father, I thank you for your presence is here. You see, it's prayer, but it's totally different prayer. One is thinking God is far. One is knowing God is near. Different prayers. They are not all the same. Are you getting what I'm saying? Suppose as I travel, oh God, go with me. No. He said, lo, I'm with you always. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I pray, Lord, I thank you that you are with me as I travel. Different prayer. Anything chasing you from the village. Greater is he. Is it me? Ah, he dies. Your village is in the world, Abby. Are you getting this? So, I saw that her prayer had changed. She was no longer begging and crying and forcing God. She was agreeing with God. So many scriptures on childbirth. I didn't know they were that much. So, I, like I told her, when you are in faith, I will know. I actually knew when she entered faith. I never needed to beg and, and console her again. Before this time, every two or three months, I will console her. If you have ever been a woman trusting over children, it's a monthly consolation. Men don't understand again. Women, you understand what I'm saying? If you have a woman that is trusting over a woman, every month, once her period comes, it's a reminder that she has not taken in. So she'll be moody that period. So you, motiv- you, do, you become a motivational speaker for the next three days till the next period. But I discovered that when she was now in faith, that cycle didn't matter again. Whether period came or it didn't come, her attitude was maintained. So I told her, I, I told you I'll know when you're in faith. I said, you are in faith now. You are in faith now. When you are in faith, what controls your mood is the word of God, not the circumstance. Not the circumstance. 
if your mood is still changed by your bank statement, <laughs> you are not yet in faith. You don't understand that you are rich. Are you here, somebody? <laughs> you know, I told you last week, I, I wanted to send some money at my, my account, but I was 23,000. From that time till now, I don't want to tell you what has happened in the account, but it's in millions. But you see, when it was 23,000, my mood is not different from how it is today. It didn't move me. I know that's not my worth. And if you get what I'm saying, if your bank statement always makes your mood down, you are reading the wrong statement. Are you here, somebody? Glory to God. You are reading what? The wrong statement. So I knew when she had entered faith. And guess what? It didn't mean she took in that year. I've told you it's like a seed. The year you plant mango, it's not the year you will reap it. It still took about three years before we started having the kids. But you see, I knew when she entered faith. And one day, she came to me and said she had done all these tests. That this urine test. She came and said, are you seeing two lines? Is this two lines or one line? I said, it looks like two lines. She just woke me from sleep. So I said, it looks like two lines. She said, ah. I said, what does two lines mean? She said, ah, it means I'm pregnant. And what I said instinctively, I said, is it a stick that is telling you you are pregnant? I said, you were pregnant before this stick. This stick is the one catching up with the will of God. If you abide in him and his words, say you will ask anything and it shall be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word works. I said the word works. I said the word works. Oh man, I thank God I built my faith from beginning. Thank God I did. I thank God I did. I thank God I did. Today I pity Christians that have been raised in our current generation. They are raised without any understanding of the word. Just shout, emotions, suffering, panic, emergency. That's what they are being raised on. They are not learning the word. They are not learning the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we just got back from Canada, like I said. One of the guys that attended one of the cities were talking and he was sharing that he was, it was like he was living in a dream during the program because he was in church many years ago when I used to say we'll travel and preach around the world. And he was also now physically in the fulfillment of one of those declarations. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, because the Bible says you shall have what you say. They didn't say you say what you have. Many of you are saying what you have. I have migraine. I have headache. I have tumor. I have inflammation. I have running stomach. I have, I have. No, 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 no. They didn't say you shall say what you have. They say you shall have what you say. I prosper in every currency. I will own a house in every city of the world I like. I will drive anything I like. 
I will live in health till my old age. I will not be in need of walking stick or people to hold me to stand. I will live healthy. I'm, oh, I'm, I hope you are talking your own. Are you listening to your own? You like my own? It won't work for you. My own will work for me. They didn't say you should, you should have what your pastor said. They said you should have what? So I thought you would stand up and say your own. Hope you are saying your own. Don't think it. Say it. They didn't say what you think. Say what you say. Hallelujah. You can be saying your own. My ministry will always be relevant around the world. I will be known and respected in every nation of the earth. Kings and princes will listen to me, will serve me, will walk with me. Monday, Soka Barada. Every organ of my body functions well. No sickness is permitted to stay in my body. I flourish. I flourish like the palm tree. Everywhere I turn, there's a blessing waiting. I prosper in every currency. Nigeria will never hold me down. The economy of this country or the economy of any nation will not affect my capacity or affect my prosperity. My life will enjoy constant progress. I will never go backwards because the Bible says the path of the just is as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Zekaboradaya. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I walk in perfect shalom. I will not lack any good thing. He's walking in my favor. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. All things work together for my good. Zekaboradaya. 